You can go low tech to promote gift baskets in your shop, or you can go high tech. The first time I set out to promote gift baskets was on the low tech side, but it delivered results that continue to work for me in today's high tech world. Why? Because most designers focus only on internet marketing. And while that can yield results, there are many other ways to get customers. Through library books, I learned how to write press releases sent to newspapers in my area. At first, nothing happened, no phone calls or any other responses. But the library books also told me that while every press release doesn't get a response, it was likely that reporters were keeping my releases on file for articles they planned to write. And that's just what happened. After sending between four and five press releases, which mentioned why gift baskets were great to give for Mother's Day and other occasions, a reporter called me and said he was assigned to write an article about the changing face of business in the area. People from countries outside of the U.S. were opening businesses within the county, and he wanted to speak with me about my business, how I got started, and how I financed the business. I am from the U.S., but was I going to turn down this article? <laughs> no way! We confirmed our first meeting, which was for lunch at a local restaurant. And as we ate, the reporter asked me lots of questions, and I happily responded. A week later, a newspaper photographer came to my studio to take photographs of gift baskets while I created a design. The story came together about a month later in September's Labor Day edition, and my face was on the front page of that Sunday publication. At the time, there were no, there, at the time, there were newspaper dispensers on the corners throughout the city and throughout the county. And as I drove around, I saw my face smiling throughout every machine. I was elated. And the individual in corporate sales that came from those press releases that I sent, all the press releases, and the reporter's article that was the result of my marketing was similar to striking gold. This is just one example of what's possible when you market your gift basket shop. It's not just about online promotions. It's about pursuing a combination of activities that gets you noticed, that ultimately brings customers into your shop, buying designs, and continuing to purchase, whether in person or online. Those people also refer your business to others who will benefit from the beauty you create. If that's your vision, I'll share methods so like me, you'll strike gold. Stay tuned. Welcome to Gift Basket Business, where we discuss the ideas, triumphs, and challenges aspiring entrepreneurs and seasoned designers face in the gift basket world. I'm Shirley George Frazier, your host and author of How to Start a Home-Based Gift Basket Business, the Gift Basket Design Book, and I'm Chief Basketologist at giftbasketbusiness.com. Press releases may seem outdated today, but they're not. It's an old-school tactic that's delivered today by email rather than postal mail, and it does work. I still send my press releases, but now I send them by email to my local newspaper and also to industry magazines. Sometimes the news is printed and sometimes it's not. <laughs> the focus with sending marketing campaigns in this manner 
is consistency. Think about it. Not every gift basket you design sells every day. So why would you think that press releases as one type of marketing would always be printed? Also, as I mentioned earlier, press releases are a marketing technique that many businesses like yours don't utilize as part of their promotions. And it's good for you because if a newspaper is planning an article that your business can be featured in, like what happened to me, uh, and they also want photographs, which they will take themselves usually, that potentially gets you sales because of the notoriety. And please don't think that newspaper articles are not worth pursuing. I read feature stories about gift basket businesses worldwide thanks to newspaper articles that appear online. And I encourage you to think about writing and submitting press releases as often as possible, at least once a month, as part of your marketing. The story becomes part of your social proof that's shared on your website, on your social media pages, and even in your newsletter if you send out one regularly to your customers. That in itself is gold. There are so many marketing methods for you to choose. Anything from distributing business cards to being a regular guest on a Broadway, not Broadway, that would be nice, wouldn't it? On a broadcast television show has potential for you. Let me give you some examples, some of which you may be doing now. And if you are, pat yourself on the back. And others you either haven't considered or maybe haven't yet pursued. Speaking to salespeople during their Monday morning meeting, buying time on billboards, creating a Google business page, pursuing Google ads or YouTube ads or even Facebook ads, and don't forget about Instagram and Pinterest as well. Creating and updating a YouTube channel creating and updating a Facebook page, scoring a broadcast television segment, sponsoring a gift basket giveaway on a popular local morning radio show, exhibiting at a specialized trade show, one that's for builders or maybe for construction companies or one that's maybe for property management firms. You want the big firms, the big trade shows, running advertisements on cable television, sending postcards to residents within a certain geographic area, creating a gift basket making challenge in your shop where three consumers make gift baskets and the judge is a local news reporter, making tote bags of items that aren't selling at your shop and giving those bags away to customers who are buying gift baskets at certain price points. Pursuing local corporate accounts through presentations that you make in person to the human resources manager and also to the sales department professionals. Those are just two places in corporate that you can pursue, but there are others as well. Sending messages by email to your list. Establishing a VIP rewards program for in-store and online customers. Working with your state or your country's tourism board to determine how your shop can be instrumental in bringing more business to the state or to the country. Commenting on topics published in your city, your province, state, or country publications, or commenting on topics that are in blog posts. 
that is 22 ways that you can market your shop. And those are only 22 ways. There are so many more depending on what your vision is, where you're located, and what you've seen or heard about how others in your area market. Or perhaps they're not in your area, but another marketing option that you find intriguing, one that you can try in your area. This list that I've just shared with you is not just coming from my head and I just wish you good luck. I have marketed in many of these ways and so have my gift basket clients and they've done well. Uh, And sometimes there are misses as well. We've all had wins and misses. You know that some strategies work and some don't, but if you try nothing, you get nothing. And that's really not the vision for your business. When you market your shop, it's wise to separate on paper or on computer what you're going to pursue offline and online. You want to mix it up and not just rely solely on one option or the other, especially if you think that online marketing is the easiest. While online marketing is considered to be easy, you also know from experience that online marketing is noisy. (laughs) Everyone's message is competing for attention. And the offline marketing is nicely complements your online activities. And it the offline marketing oft, often commands more review by the reader because she's not in front of a screen where somebody else's message pops up and distracts her. So online and offline can complement each other. And I really do encourage you to focus on both sides of the opportunities that you have. Start by creating two columns for your list. One column is going to include offline marketing, such as billboards, local corporations, marketing to them, and creating your VIP rewards program. And the second column can list online opportunities. So uh, the online opportunities may be Facebook ads, a weekly newsletter, and your Google business page. And you'll also devise a budget and determine who is going to be in charge of each type of marketing. Some of the avenues are going to cost you money and time, while others are going to take time. And sometimes time is going to be money too, especially if that person who is taking care of the whole marketing program or just a part of it is part of your payroll. Now you're going to be spending money on that person's within your payroll, but at least you'll know that that particular person was hired to take care of your marketing. You might hire an in-shop marketer, as I'm talking about right now, or you might hire an outsourced person, somebody on the outside who's knowledgeable about marketing and takes the necessary steps that are pre-approved by you before they launch any of the marketing that you and they have talked about. You can also decide which types of marketing you're going to try first according to what I call and what many people call low-hanging fruit. Which of the options within each column that you've written or you have typed in the computer, which one of those options are going to be easiest for you as a starting point? And not only that, which ones are best to target your current customers and your potential customers? You think about it. If buyers are not on Instagram marketing on Instagram is not going to be for you, even if it's easy. Customers aren't going to look at certain online or certain things that you send offline, even if it's easy, don't even pursue it. 
As an example I, uh, of offline marketing, I believed that people who watched a certain show on Food Network would be part of my customers. I pursued that opportunity. I was able to show my gift baskets on the Food Network, and it did bring me many, many sales. And not only that, I was able to be on Food Network several times. In fact, it was numerous times at different times of the year for for the uh, end of year, for the New Year's, the kinds of gifts that people wanted to give for Valentine's Day, Mother's Day. And I continued my relationship with the producers so that I could be on Food Network many times according to the time of year. As another example, I was part of a golf group, a women's golfing group. And I hoped that being a part of that group would help net me some more gift basket sales from that those individuals. That was terrible. It Nothing was good for me there. No sales. They would seem to be doing business with each other. But for some reason, I wasn't getting sales. And I certainly was doing marketing. And I was part of the newsletter team. In fact, I was the newsletter team. So the golf group was taking time away from me, marketing for myself. And I wasn't getting anything back from it. So you know what I did. I said, goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes you have to do that. And you you look at what is happening with any groups you're in, offline or online, to see if there are going to be some sales. There has to be a give and a get. A client of mine handed her Facebook ads over to a knowledgeable person. And before the ads began, the two people, the client and the Facebook expert devised a strategy and they monitored that strategy very carefully so that that ads money wasn't used up in such a way that sales were not being produced. So there are different avenues that you're going to take. And I just wanted to share some of those examples and let you know that everything isn't going to work. You probably know that, but there are many more times when you really look at some statistics and do some research that your ads are going to be uh, going to deliver sales in a, a certain amount of time. It's certainly not going to come overnight. Wouldn't that be nice? But in time, with consistency, sales will come. Marketing online and offline truly can deliver a bounty of sales. You choose your options, and then you also, as I just mentioned, you must monitor the results. And that's another very necessary piece of the marketing puzzle. You refine your strat you refine your strategy, you update your goals according to the results that occur, and then you possibly include more options. If if you're working with three online options and three offline options, then you might include another one because the three that you've picked on either side are moving well and sales are coming. Uh, maybe little by little, or maybe you have a clump of sales and you can see that your marketing is working. Well, sometimes you're going to replace a marketing strategy that is slow to increase sales. So you are absolutely looking at your statistics. And some of the ways to monitor the results are through programs such as Google Analytics. And there are similar programs to Google Analytics. You you or the person who's in charge of your marketing will be able to reveal or really uh, find and uncover which statistical method is going to be best for you. Your offline monitoring is happens when you ask 
callers and the people who come into your shop, how they found out about you. Back in, oh goodness, I shouldn't even tell you, but back (laughs) many years ago, I worked at Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey, and I was in the Graduate School of Management. When, uh, back in the day, uh, when I was working there, Rutgers would have an advertisement in the local newspaper for potential students to order an application and information about the graduate school so that they would know whether or not they wanted to attend. And in the bottom right-hand corner of the ad that was cut out and mailed back to Rutgers at the time, there was a code that let the school know which newspaper was delivering the most for their marketing budget. It would say maybe R1, which would be, you know, one ma- uh, one newspaper. It would be R2 for a, a magazine. And they would just code that way. And that's the way that Rutgers could tell which uh, outlet was best for their marketing. And I'll always remember that because that was my first in a way, my first entree into marketing. You have a lot of information now to start marketing your shop. You have a lot of information also to continue marketing using some of the methods I've shared here, here, or you can revise what you already have in place. And if you're still unclear about how to begin and you need a few pointers, please contact me through the link in the show notes. The link will say clarity.fm, like Frank Mary slash Shirley George Frazier. And that's how you can contact me. I have worked with hundreds of solo designers, with florists, with wine stores. I've even worked with Macy's. I know that your shop is within one of those categories or something similar, and I'll put together a plan for you to jumpstart your sales. So now you have 22 ideas for starting your marketing on, on a high note. I want you to remember most of all that consistency is what is required. If you market just a little bit and then stop it and then start and stop again, that's not going to deliver the results that you're looking for. Stay consistent with the plan that you put together and you will get results sooner than later. Thank you so much for joining me for 22 ways to market your gift basket shop. Next week, we're going to discuss ready-made gift baskets versus custom designs. Be sure to rate this podcast through your favorite listening device because I'd love to know how these topics are helping you to learn, grow, and profit. I'm Shirley George Frazier wishing you baskets of success.